oh my god, I can't tell you how much I wish I knew this when I first started because I have lowballed myself so many times. Just because a brand comes to you with an extremely low, ridiculous number to pay you for your work doesn't mean that is what you're worth. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Hello, creators. Today, I want to share with you the five things I wish I knew when I started my influencer journey. I started my journey about four or five years ago in late 2016 and at that time I really didn't know anything about social media, algorithms, uh, networking, and even photography. I was totally clueless and I really feel like I wasted a lot of time trying to figure it out on my own because um, I wasn't very social so I didn't really like go out there and network and, and exchange information with other people. So I hope today's podcast will be helpful for you no matter where you are on your influencer journey. I feel like these are all very, very important key things to note and to remember. So hope you find this helpful and let's get right into it. The first thing that I wish I knew when I first started my influencer journey is that networking is key. So I am a very introverted person. You might even call me a loner. (laughs) When I was growing up, all of my teachers would write in my report card saying that I was very quiet. Tina is very quiet. That's just how I am. I don't always love to make conversation with strangers. I don't love small talk. I don't feel like I am very smooth or am very great at making conversation. So I tend to shy away from events and um, actively trying to meet other people and introducing myself to other people, that kind of thing. I didn't realize that me being introverted and my fear of speaking to people would really hold me back so much. I probably spent two years just creating content mostly on my own. It wasn't that I didn't meet anybody at all, but I wish if I could go back in time, I would make a much more active effort to network with other influencers, to go to influencer events, introduce myself and meet people in the industry, whether that's brand representatives or PR people. After all, the influencer marketing industry is a people industry. It does matter who you know, who you associate with. So the sooner that you can put yourself out there and meet people, the better. I feel like I spent a lot of time just trying to improve my own content and trying to grow my following without thinking about developing the network and setting up a network, but it's actually really important to start doing that as soon as possible. So if you see other influencers who are smaller than you and they're getting these amazing brand deals, 
chances are they probably know someone who is on the campaign that introduced them to the PR person or to the brand, or maybe they went to a networking event where they met some relevant people who were in control of the campaign and which influencers they wanted on the campaign, or they were just actively going to events, networking with people, whether that's PR personnel or um, brand representatives so that they would be known and would stay top of mind awareness for the relevant people. That being said though, I do think there is a right way to approach networking and it really is to find like-minded people, to find your tribe and find people who are on a similar path as you or at a similar stage as you on their journey. Um, When I say networking, I don't mean just going to any account and randomly messaging them asking if they want to meet up for a coffee or something or (laughs) meet up or for a photo shoot. Uh, I do think there is a right way to approach it and the relationship should be very coming from a very genuine place and also ideally be mutually beneficial. So for example, if you're just starting to network with other influencers, I really would suggest looking for people who are maybe in similar niches and also people who maybe have a similar follower account range as you. Uh, If you are aiming for people who have a significantly higher follower count and you're DMing them asking to support each other and let's follow each other, that is not networking. Even if they respond, most likely they probably already have their own circle of friends in the industry and it's unlikely that it would be a mutually beneficial relationship. Chances are if you find someone who is going through similar things as you and they are similarly growing as you, then you can really relate on the same level and you can help each other out in in similar ways and in very mutually beneficial ways. I know that COVID has made going to events significantly harder um, and so therefore making networking a bit harder. But I still think that even emailing or just uh, being active on social media with the people that you want to connect with, that's already a good place to start. And as the world is reopening right now, there will be a lot more opportunities where you can then go out there and meet people in person and get that face time and really familiarize yourself with other people in the industry. Moving on to the second thing that I wish I knew when I first started is that outreach is super important to getting brand deals, especially in the beginning of your influencer journey. Now I made this mistake and I was just blindly creating content for probably two years and I wasn't really doing any outreach to brands or PR companies. I just thought that if I could keep creating content and keep growing, if I reach a certain number, let's say 100,000 followers, brands would just start knocking on my door and opportunities would just be coming every single day. But that really wasn't the case. The thing is, you can't expect work to come to you if you don't reach out first and make yourself known. My problem was that I was creating all this content that I thought was great and I was pointing at other influencers thinking, well, my content is better than theirs. Why are they getting this brand deal and I'm not? The problem was nobody even knew that I existed. These PR companies didn't even have me on their roster because I never reached out to them. 
Finally, I plucked up my courage and started to do more outreach via email. I started to go to more events and I made myself known and made sure to stay within their radar. And that's really when things started to change for me and that brand deal started to come in automatically. Nowadays, I have a pretty sturdy network set up and I don't do outreach anymore. And I do know that a lot of other influencers who have been in the industry for a while also don't really do outreach because most of the time brand deals will automatically come to us because we've either previously worked with them before or our information has been passed on to other people in the industry who are also looking for influencers to work with. In the beginning though, if you don't yet have this network set up, it is very important um, to do more outreach and how many brand deals you're able to land is often correlated with how much outreach you do. This is something that I cover extensively inside the full-time influencer program, how to reach out to people, how to perfect your media kit, and also just the right way to bring your pitch to a brand so that you would most likely get a positive response. Now onto the third thing that I wish I knew when I first started is that hopping on trends that are happening on social media and also doubling down on what works is what will get you significant growth in numbers. As you know, social media is all about trends. I spend hours every day just scrolling on my phone, looking at people's stories, looking at posts, looking on the explore page, looking on TikTok, on the Reels Explore tab to see what is going on, what are people posting. I'm doing this not because I'm procrastinating and I'm being lazy. Yes, that is part of it. But another very important part of me scrolling every single day for hours is to absorb the content and understand what trends are going on right now. And if I identify a trend that would work very well for my niche, then I want to be hopping on that trend because I know that's what's going to get me the most visibility, the most reach and therefore the most growth. So when you do identify trends, it is important to be an early adopter if possible. So when you start seeing trends happening a few times around you, then you want to be adapting that to your niche, to your voice and to your brand and post it as soon as you can. Timeliness really does matter when it comes to trending content because as a lot more people start picking up on this trend, the effectiveness of it in terms of growth will keep decreasing. And as more and more people do this trend, this trend will eventually die down and the people who hop on that trend when it's already died down are essentially the late adopters and it's not exactly the best look. So um, ideally don't hop on a trend when it's already been done too many times. For example, a little while ago, there were a lot of these like iPhone trends and how to take better iPhone photos. Some of them were like, pour a puddle of water and then turn your phone upside down and get a really cool reflection shot. Or there was like these other ones where it's like, turn your phone upside down, put it on the floor and put it on wide angle and bam, you got this epic shot. And it was just so overdone that users get this fatigue when they're seeing content that's been repeated over and over and over again. So you really don't want to be that late adopter, that um, laggard who is 
trying to do these trends when it's really not a trend anymore. Along those similar lines, when you create some content and it gets you extra reach than you normally would, essentially it kind of goes viral, then you want to double down on that type of content. You want to double down on what's working because if you're getting that visibility, people clearly want to see similar things. So the more of those similar types of content that you can create, while you have that momentum, the easier it is to ride that momentum, ride that wave and gain more followers that way. So as an example, I remember a while ago, Angela from the Sunday chapter, she has since changed her name to her full name, Angela Giacas, I believe. And she created these templates for stories where people can fill out their name, uh, what movie they like, uh, that kind of stuff. And it was being shared so much that she went completely viral. I believe she grew from 20 something thousand followers to over 400,000 and it was such a crazy process seeing her explode her following I believe it was within two months or something crazy like that and she really doubled down on it she created so many other story templates for different seasons different occasions different tv shows for horoscope and there was just a lot of different templates that she created so she really doubled down on what worked for her what helped her go viral and use that to keep the momentum going now what kind of trending content would work for each account would look very different depending on what your niche and brand is but one thing that i think is really important to note is that it's important to not just blindly copy a trend if someone is doing something that works well it's important to bring your own little spin to it or your own taste or style to it and differentiate yourself that way even though i do say it's very important to hop on trends it's also important to have your own voice so while you are hopping on that trend make sure you're not copying somebody and that you're bringing your own little spice to it if you are doing something that's very 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 similar to someone else and it's their original idea just make sure you credit them in the caption or you tag them in the video um, as as a way to credit them for their concept did you know that there are at least 11 ways to make money on instagram creators are making six or even seven figures by sharing their passions online and you can too I created a free guide called the ultimate Instagram monetization guide covering all the ways you can monetize your account even if you don't have any followers yet. In this guide, you'll find step-by-step tips, resources, and links so you can start making money from Instagram today. Head to successfulinfluencer.com monetize to download your copy or click the link in the description of this episode. Now back to the show. So we have discussed the importance of hopping on trends and doubling down on what works to get you growth in numbers. Now let's talk about how to actually convert those followers into true fans. This is the fourth thing that I wish I knew when I first started and it's that showing up as your authentic self and providing proper value is ultimately what will keep your followers around. People come for the nice photos, for the visuals, but they stay because of you, who you are as a person, and what kind of value you bring to their life. 
Now, in the beginning, when I was posting things, I felt like, oh, my niche is luxury travel, it's feminine lifestyle. Therefore, I only show that aspect of my life. I only show the perfect part of my life. And I didn't really show up even without makeup. I just didn't feel confident to show up without makeup.、Um, but the truth is, people, once they start following you, Not only do they want to follow you for the content, but they also want to know you, get to know you as a person. They want to know what you believe in. They want to know what you're like as a person so that they can connect a face and a voice to your actual content. Also, in the beginning, I was just taking nice photos and I wasn't really providing any value that people can take away from my page. And eventually, I started sharing behind the scenes,、uh, started educating people on how to edit, what kind of softwares to use, some tips and tricks, and so on. And that's when the shifts started to happen, and people really became much more loyal followers who were much more appreciative of my work. It's really important to differentiate between follower count and actual true fans and true followers. Now, true fans is what I like to call super fans. These are people that will follow you to other platforms. These are people who eagerly wait for your post, or they might even become paying customers later down the line if you ever come up with a product line or merch or something like that. Now, these people are the ones that identify with what you say. These are the ones that you have inspired or motivated in some way by bringing positive value to their lives. So, it's very important when you're showing up on social media to not just think about like me, what I like, what content I am into that I want to put out there, but also to think about. How you can show up authentically and how you can provide value to the people who chose to follow you. I remember this DM that I got from a follower. She said in the beginning when she was following me, it was because she thought my images were pretty, but soon she felt like it was so、um, larger than life, it was so glamorous that it actually made her feel bad about herself and that she wasn't really. Getting much value from my content. And so she actually unfollowed me for a while, but later on, my images started popping up on her explore page again. And she saw that I was sharing these behind the scenes or I was、um, teaching more things and providing more value and telling my story. That's when she decided to re follow me again. And she later actually became a student of the full time influencer program. So that's something I always try to keep in mind when I'm posting nowadays. Why do I show up? What do people come to my page for? And how can I provide value to the people who are following me so that they love to continue to follow me? So, that's definitely something that I wish I knew earlier. And I hope that you can take away with you when you're creating content next time, keeping your audience in mind and thinking about how you can provide value for them and show up for them. Now, let's talk about the last thing, the fifth thing that I wish I knew when I first started is that you are likely worth more than you think in terms of brand deals, and that negotiating is key. Oh my god, I can't tell you how much I wish I knew this when I first started because I have lowballed myself so many times. 
just because a brand comes to you with an extremely low, ridiculous number to pay you for your work doesn't mean that is what you're worth. I think it's really easy for us as creators when you're representing yourself, it's it's hard. It's not easy to say like, I am worth X dollar. And also because you are probably enjoying the creation process, you probably are starting to get gifted, starting to get paid, and you think it's exciting. So you don't think to necessarily negotiate the amount that you're being approached with. But it's really important to keep in mind that you can always negotiate. The number that people come to you with is never the final number. If you just accept it and don't even try to negotiate, you're basically lowballing yourself. Also, when brands are coming to you and asking you for your rates, when you give them a number and they accept right away, that means, my dear, you have just lowballed yourself. Now, it's obviously something that you'll learn through experience, through going back and forth with various brands, and you start to kind of get a good sense of what is a number that is generally too high for people at your follower count, your reach, and the quality of your content, and generally what is the number where people just always say yes. And that's something that really has to come with experience, but the more that you learn how to negotiate for yourself, the more you can make as an influencer. I have had instances where brands have come to me with deliverables at a rate which is uh, probably a fifth or a sixth of what I think is appropriate. And I just came straight back with something that was six times what they pitched me. And shockingly, they actually said yes. You would be surprised sometimes how much brands are willing to lowball influencers and how small of a number they come up with, but really how much of a total budget they have. And quite frankly, it is not the brand or the PR person's job to get you paid as much as possible. It is their job to get as many influencers and as much reach for the brand as possible. That is their job. So it's really just them doing their job, trying to get an influencer for the lowest price possible. But your job is to stand up for your worth and to negotiate your worth and be able to speak confidently with the knowledge that you are um, negotiating the appropriate numbers and that you are being compensated for your time and all of the effort that you're going to put into this campaign. So creators, those are the five things that I wish somebody had told me when I first started my influencer journey. Honestly though, a lot of these things are just things that I had to experience and learn for myself to really be able to understand what's going on. And all of the time that I put into growing my brand and a lot of trial and error is ultimately worth it and led to this day. But I just hope that by sharing this with you, that you can maybe save some time, save some heartache, and also maybe make some more money along the way. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.